right, so I have here, I'm going to introduce you to my lovely friend. Lovely? Yeah, wow. lovely friend. Yeah, Steve Mazon. From 2011, we've been friends, right? Yes, yeah, it's, we're going on, we're approaching a decade. TEDx has uh, been a really wonderful thing for both of us, I think. Yes, very yeah. good. Yeah, TEDx also. So the reason that I've got Steve uh, here, he's actually in Atlanta. And he came in, uh, he's a, a California boy, mm -hmm. and uh, he was out in Chicago and told me he was going to be here in Atlanta for an event. And so I just want to have him give a little synopsis of what he's doing here and kind of Tell us what's going on for your event that you're doing. So I'm doing an event tomorrow night in Buckhead, uh, which I thought was a part of Atlanta. And you're telling me it's a little <laughs> it's outside. outside. It's right. outside, all right. Mm -hmm. They don't tell me. They won't let me in the city proper. IT, wait, what was it? <laughs> ITP? What was it? ITP, ITP or OTP? In the, in the perimeter, yeah. <laughs> Inside the perimeter Inside the or perimeter. outside the perimeter. Uh, so I am doing an event tomorrow night for a cancer group. But it's open to any cancer patients, and it's called a. It's you can find all the details at latenettalk.com. Latenettalk.com. Yeah, like late night because it's a. It takes the format of a late night talk show. Uh huh. But uh, we're specifically some of the stuff is geared towards neuroendocrine tumors, which are known as net tumors. So we're at the play on words is late net talk. Uh, right. So you can see all the details there. You don't have to be a uh, a net survivor mm -hmm. uh, to come. Just you or anyone you know has uh, has dealt with cancer, a friend of cancer. Well, no one should be a friend of cancer. No, you know, no, nobody should of, be a friend, friend of, of cancer. Friend of survivor. <laughs> <laughs> don't be friends with cancer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Unless it's the astrology sign. Right. As, as uh, <laughs> Dave has pointed out. That be friends with them. They need friends. Uh, but yes, people should come out. If you're interested at all, if that sounds interesting, it's fun. We interview people, other survivors, hear their stories, both of, of surviving and inspiration, what they, what they did after right. the diagnosis. Because so many of the stories end up being the treatment, the diagnosis, the, how they got through that. And this will be a night of the inspiration that comes out of those moments. And so what time does that start at? Uh, I don't have the time. <laughs> he's me. just the MC. He, he's going to be up. chauffeured there. I will be brought in. They cover. Up. They put a mask on me and a hood so that I don't know the location. But if you go to latenettalk.com, latenettalk.com, all the details are there. All so. right. And and tomorrow what we'll be doing is digging into why Steve Mazon, a professional comedian and movie celebrity and businessman. And uh, lovely. It, yes, and lovely. Uh, is here and if you uh, look him up he's actually on IMDB uh, you can look up Steve Mazon M-A-Z-A-N and uh, the movie Dying to Do Letterman and uh, show him some love. Available for on Amazon Prime it's featured right now. Fabulous. Yes free if you have Amazon Prime so check oh, it out. Oh that's yep. lovely I didn't I know that either. See yeah. I used the word lovely again. Lovely. Maybe I, know, I, should, I maybe I should just t t title this lovely 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 yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Steve Maison's in the house. <laughs> so we'll get to find out more in the next segment. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, 2,500 miles. Yeah, 2,500 yes. miles. It's awesome. Yeah, I took him out to Timbuktu where we live. So. <laughs> <I like> <laughs> OTP. OTP. We're way We're OTP. We're way We're like OTP. <laughs> outer, outer. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you.
late, it's okay. Hi, Evan, how are you? <laughs> You're not late. This is just a promotion for you. That's, that's right. So um, we have a wonderful guest here today. He is one of the reasons, several of you who have been with me for a long time know that the reason that I uh, have my business is I want to design a difference for people. And this man right here was the reason that I came up with that saying. And we're going to have a nice, engaging conversation. My friend is a professional comedian. He's a movie celebrity, and he's a businessman. He just flew in from Chicago. He's doing a cancer event up in uh, Buckhead, right? Buckhead. Not Atlanta. Hey. He's, yeah. is, is Buckhead considered outside the perimeter or inside the perimeter? So what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and let him know, uh, tell you about his passion and why he started doing what he was doing. And we're going to have conversations. I might interrupt you and ask you a few questions. And okay. we'll also let other people um, ask you questions. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Tell him. So this is my friend. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, really quick because... We have so many people here. If you could just go around the room and say your name and your company name and pass your cards around, that would be great. But we're not going to have enough time for you guys each to um, tell about um, what your businesses do. But we will be able to stay after and chat, okay? So pass your cards around to the right and make sure that everybody has your cards, okay? Um, so my name is Tracy Pike, Tap Graphics Design Studio. Uh, and that pretty much says it all. So, um, Wendy, you want to say uh, what your <coughs> name is and what your business is? I'm Wendy on the Good morning, I'm Faye Tarshish and I own a business 
called Kathy's Cape. It's a cape I created for those to use while going through infusion therapy. It primarily started out as a chemo cape. All right. I'm Kimberly McKendrick. My company is Core and a Microsoft partner. We implement uh, CRM uh, training support. Fabulous. Jill. My name is Jill Douglas. I am also with Arbonne International. We are changing the world, creating healthy, happy people. I'm Ellen Kelly with Cobble Banker. I specialize in uh, residential real estate. I help buyers and sellers. Great. Great to close them. Thank you. And? I'm Anne-Marie Giulio, and I work for Matters. We're a private health and wellness company located in Roswell, Georgia. We do fitness from the top down and the inside out. Just the name of the, your name and the company name, please. Vishal Patel, uh, HIR Technology, IT Services. Thank you. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Lori Ballou. I do health and well, or, Healthy Deals is my company. We do independent, um, I'm an independent agent for health insurance, anybody that doesn't get group. All right. Is somebody order the breakfast burrito? What's the number? Breakfast burrito? Yeah, the number? Yeah, breakfast burrito? Thank you. Okay. I'll hand you mine, okay? All right, there we go, because I have a list. I'm Craig Briscoe with the Orbit Group. I do lead generation and customer acquisition strategies. This little detail is passed around. If it interests you, talk to me afterwards. Thank you, Craig. Thomas Nolan with First Bank Mortgage. Satisfy your lending needs. David Pike, CEO Space International, where we connect you with the top business leaders in the country growing your business. All right. Name and company name, please. Uh, I met Tracy 
at a TEDx event in San Jose, California. 2011. 2011, seven years ago. And we became fast friends. And I didn't know you considered me a lovely friend, but I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I just happen to be doing an event tonight. Uh, I have, uh, well, I'll tell you part of my story. Uh, I was doing comedy for five years in 2005, making a living at it. And uh, I was coming home from a comedy club one night with a friend, driving home, and uh, started feeling a little pain in my side. Thought it might have been something I ate at the comedy club. They're kind of known for food poisoning. <laughs> There's two things, laughs and food poisoning is what you get at comedy clubs. And, uh, but when I got home, uh, my girlfriend at the time told me, she's like, hey, I think it's food poisoning. But a couple hours later, we were in the emergency room. They said, we think your appendix burst. Go in, wake up from the appendectomy. And a guy introduces himself as an oncologist. And so then they said, oh, we found tumors all over your liver. Uh, we got to trace them back, spent a month tracing them back, found them in my intestine, had surgery for that. And uh, eventually the, found out that there were very rare tumors called neuroendocrine tumors. And that uh, the worst case scenario was five years to live. And at that time I was, uh, I was in my early 30s. And so five years to live, pretty shocking diagnosis. And so uh, after going through you know, the month of the, all the things you, you hear about, the denial, acceptance, all that, depression, I asked myself, okay, if I really only have five years to live, what do I want to accomplish? Well, one of the reasons I got into comedy in the first place, I was a big David Letterman fan. And I always wanted to be on the David Letterman show, that was one of my things, but uh, I think that what will pertain to this group and business people in general, uh, a couple uh, aspects that we always look at business with, I was doing well in my business. I was making a career as a comedian at that point, playing you know, corporate shows, comedy clubs, cruises, that kind of thing. But I had put this, the reason I got into the business in the first place was to one day be on the David Letterman show. Now, you guys all know who David Letterman is, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So has he been gone that long? Forget So I had thought, just the same reason we're here today, everything I had gotten in my comedy career was just because I was a good comedian, and people would hear about me, and I'd meet other people, and they'd be like, oh, you should work this club. Here's a guy, this corporation would like you for their Christmas party. But I wasn't going after what I really wanted. I thought that would just come to me at some point. And so when I had this five-year diagnosis, and I realized, okay, maybe I don't have time to wait for it to come to me anymore, I had to kind of flip the script and really go after chasing the Letterman group. So how many of you guys, I mean, there's some people that have just started their businesses. There have been people that have been in business for a long time. Think about what it was that set you off to go on down this path. Because that's what exactly happened to him. It was something that just, he went, you know what? Holy heck, I found out I'm dying. I'm gonna live, let's do this now because I don't wanna have that regret. Right, yeah. yeah, so it's exactly that. So uh, rather than move forward, like, okay, this is gonna be five years of, of moving towards something awful, I decided to spend those five years chasing that dream of getting on to Letterman. In fact, I gave myself a one-year goal of getting on Letterman. I decided to call in all the favors, all the people I had met networking, all that kind of thing. I knew some people who knew the people who knew the people at Letterman, <laughs> called in, said, hey, can you help me get seen? And guess what happened at the end of that year? Woo. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I decided, okay, maybe it was a year was too short. Extended that, said, you know, let's give it two years. And the second year, Nothing happened, nothing happened again, and again, and again. But after four years, I realized, listen, uh, no matter what, those four years were some of the best years of my life because I was chasing that dream rather than waiting for it. And uh, I, I just realized it's not how much time you have, it's what you do with that time. So 
Uh, after that, th at the very end, almost the entire five years of the diagnosis, in the fifth year, I did get on the David Letterman show uh, and uh, performed on the Ed Sullivan uh, stage there where the Beatles have performed Yay. and Elvis and all that. You can imagine, yeah. Very well. So and yeah. What, and what he hasn't told you oh. is that he's got these wonderful people that are friends, Joe Cambiaggio. Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, they are filmmakers and producers. And when he, when it started going after this, they're like, oh, we got to film this, right? Right. So they were just a couple, uh, a young married couple out of UCLA who were breaking into the TV business. And they had, uh, they had done a, a small documentary on uh, Star Wars fans, like Trekkies, but Star Wars fans, the other, the other side of it. And they heard about the journey that I was on chasing it. And they said, hey, can we follow you on this journey and see where you go? And obviously, for them, there were two endings to the movie, either getting on Letterman or the sad one. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the sad one. Luckily, not the sad one. I mean, we're, we're 10 years after that. Right now, we're 10 years after that, that diagnosis. Awesome. And I mean, all over the country, every state, I've performed comedy in every state, I've performed uh, five of the continents, I got to, got to get knocked out of Antarctica and Australia, are the two I haven't hit, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan 14 times to perform for the troops, awesome. um, Canada, yeah, Canada, Canada many, many, many yeah, yeah, times, yeah. Mexico, everywhere, yeah. Um, Excuse me, is it possible to ask them to turn up the music? Yeah, I, did, I asked them. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll do it, thanks. So, uh, yeah, everywhere. But it really is, those five years really were spent, again, instead of flipping that script of instead of spent dying, they were spent living and, uh, you know, kind of continuing that out. But I think, like I said, with business people today, I think that's something, you know, we're all in a networking environment here today. It's, it's so much stuff. Almost everything that has happened for me in my career has come from networking, the people you know, leading one thing to the next thing to the next thing of where you want to go. But also, rather than being passive and waiting for those things like I have been those, those six years of my first, the beginning of my comedy career, asking yourself, all right, what, what am I in this for? What do I really want out of it? What's the ultimate dream that I want this to go for? And then chasing it. And that's how that really changed, not only changed my career, it changed my life. Because uh, it not only inspired you know, me in the dream that I was looking for, inspired my wife, my wife, uh, the girlfriend, who was the girlfriend at the beginning of the story, became my wife. Um, yeah, I mean, after only how, how long? When, when I got the cancer diagnosis, we had been dating for six months. Oh, my God. And so, you know, you can imagine, uh, we were both in our early 30s, uh, especially as a woman at that point, thinking about starting a family. Uh, he said, go away. He said, go yeah, away. Yeah, I was like, you I'm, should go. You don't, don't want to deal with Why this. Why would you want to be with someone who might not be here? And, and, and she goes, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Marry me right now. And honestly, <laughs> I was thinking about her today. I was like, this woman may be the best thing that's ever happened. No, no, no. She's not that great. I've had, I've had a terrible life. And so, that's what it is. But uh, it really is. I, I, I think it is. It's not how much time you have. And if you're not chasing your dreams, you're already dead. So you might as well figure out what those dreams are and go out and pull forth. Mm -hmm. So, interestingly enough, you know, we all have to do branding, promotion, you know, things like this. This guy... Um, Tell them about the Cinequest stuff and like the buttons and all of that stuff that you guys ended up doing. Right. So there's you know there's little things along the way that uh, uh, again we're all trying to do separate yourself from every other person that's doing the exact same thing. 
So we went to, when we completed the documentary, it's called Dying to Do Letterman, the filmmakers mm -hmm. made. It's actually on Amazon Prime. We, we, uh, yeah, if you have, Amazon, you have Prime, Amazon Prime, it's featured on Amazon Prime right now. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. They also, the people who made the Chicken Soup for the Soul books yes. made a book version of it. Uh, Dying to Do Letterman, it's called. And uh, so when we went to our first film festival in San Jose, I hadn't met uh, Tracy yet. We were like, how are we going to separate ourselves from every other movie that's being seen here? Because there were, there were over 200 movies being shown in a week. How do we get people to come to our one showing of our movie? And so, you know, the movie was called Dying to Do Letterman. That was about me dying to do my dream of Yale So we came up, we showed up in Scrubs, uh, all of us in Scrubs, and we handed out buttons that said, I'm dying to, and then it was blank. And then we just handed those out to everyone we could and asked them, what's your dream? What are you dying to do? And, you know, some people had, I'm dying to have a piece of cake. They were, <laughs> they were very short their sure goals. Yeah, very short sure goals. And then so one lady's I remember was, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm dying to ride a camel across the Sahara Desert at sunset with my husband. And so I had to write very small. And then onto the back. Uh, but she eventually sent me a picture of her on a camel in the Sahara. With she was wearing the button on the on the camel. Yeah, she's, I've had people send me. They send me pictures of that books they wrote. I want to be. I'm dying to uh, publish my book. They send me a picture of the book. It's amazing. And so that's that's the best part for me. I mean, Letterman obviously that that was great. But even not it, it, had that not happened, like I said, just the those five years chasing the dream were, were five of the best years of my life. And everyone else. Like I said, it not only lights a fire in you, people around you start getting inspired to do their own thing, and then you get inspired right back. You know, it's like a, it's like a gym membership, right? Sounds like collaboration, cooperation. That's, That's exactly it. Like That's exactly it. You know, you get it's like a gym membership. You get the gym membership, you're all excited for a couple months, and then it's easy to fall off, or you get the, you know, I have a treadmill that we hang clothes on at home. And, uh, that kind of thing. But if, you, if there's someone else there that you're collaborating with, all of a sudden, they're, they're doing something that inspires you right back, and you feed off each other, and it, it goes much, much longer, and then you meet other people, and uh, just like this event, you know, that kind of thing. You know, at TEDx, when, when we did this, I joined a group that had been um, together for a year and a half. I joined in the last three months. I don't know if you knew I that. I didn't know. Yeah. And um, they, they were looking for somebody with my skill and talents, and um, stepped in and just got drawn into 3 a.m., you know, doing website and emotional materials and all of this stuff that you do. And by the time I got to the event, when I started meeting all the speakers, that was like the payoff, right? You got to meet all these wonderful people who were doing all these wonderful things. And I was so raw and I was so tired by that time. And I was just, it was right after the recession had hit in the Bay Area. And it was, I mean, one of the most expensive places to live in the country. And we were just, you know, doing anything and everything, you know, banging right. fans to get somebody to notice us. And so right after that, I mean, here he, he's doing this talk, and, you know, he's got this terminal diagnosis, and he looks out at the crowd and just says, you guys aren't living. You know, you don't realize you're not living. So what are you going to do to start doing that? And um, that was a wake-up call for me in my business. You know, what is it in yours? You know, what is it that you guys are
office, and so my job now is to put them out of business respectfully. That gets everybody a financial plan so that they can eat what they want from their over 50 or disabled or whatever else our lives are looking for. So we live in senior living facility. Wow. Yeah, for me, it's a bigger vision of a full, clean, thriving planet. It's not just about my small family and being financially secure, which it is, but then there's a bigger commitment. How does my commitment continue to get bigger so that I can go out? You know, it's a whole big picture of everybody has access to products that are safe, that are beneficial, you know, for everybody, for future generations. So, you know, when we talk about collaboration and cooperation, so this man had this movie done. You got shown in Los Angeles and New York, right? Yeah, yeah. So what, what was that part of? So that was, you had to be uh, the document, the giant documentary festivals, uh, 21. Anyone else? Uh, you had to be in New York or You had to be in New York, yeah, yeah. So we showed New York or LA, uh, both places, for Oscar consideration for best documentary. And you made it just right before the Academy Awards, is Correct. that right? Yes, we made it to the final. So you yeah. made it like the last 70, he made it to the, like the last 70 films or something like right. that. To the final, yeah. So, so the reason I bring that up is that here he has this movie that's been done that's inspiring all of these people. And what does he do? After he does this, he, he doesn't get into the Academy Awards. That's okay. Um, but he starts doing these charities. People start calling him up and saying, would you show your movie and help us raise money for cancer? Um, what are some of the, the places like that, that you can oh, yeah. help? Yeah, everything. Every basically every cancer group. The reason I'm here in Atlanta this week is if there's an event tonight. Uh, if there's anyone affected by cancer yourself or one person away, I know that ends up being everyone in the room basically. Uh, but if you're interested, it's, it's people sharing their survival stories in a more humorous way. The kind of the things they that inspire them. The same kind of thing like my story. You know, we've all heard the here's how I got diagnosed and here's the treatment I went. That kind of thing. These are all stories about what happened after that. What did you do with your life after that? Once you you've had obviously this big a shocking diagnosis. What do you What do you do uh, from that point on? So that's kind of what we're sharing with with a bunch of uh, other survivors. So, but yeah, uh, fundraisers for everything. Uh, there's There's all these different ways that whatever you're doing now, there's There's ways you're You're probably not thinking of. I always thought comedy is at a comedy club, and that's it. And then I found all these other things. I mean, raising money for um, you know not just uh, cancer research, but also I probably do about thirty uh, animal rescue fundraisers a year. Um, yeah, you said dogs yeah. or something. Yeah, don't you? yeah. <laughs> I got a bunch. Yeah, they're really just for my own dogs. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, all the other things, that, the ancillary things, you probably don't think about. Like, okay, this is this is how my business is set up. This is who I usually do wrong for. But there's probably, you know, people we're not thinking about. Like I said, this opened up by reaching out like this and thinking different in the first place. It opened up all these areas I had never thought of for for comedy. And I'm sure that that translates to every business. Uh, the same way, you know, now there's, uh, there's comedy on cruises, there's comedy Christmas parties for corporates, that, that kind of thing. So um, all those things, just by being active rather than the normal kind of passive. I mean, you're, you're all ahead of the game, I think, active in the, in, by being here in the first place. You guys all know what serendipity means? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's really interesting to me about Steve is that he lives his life in the now. You know, um, people who know me have been coming to the group, I say, you know, it's all about now, um, not setting expectations for yourself that cause you to get disappointed because things haven't gone the way that you want them to go, or looking back in the past. If you live in the now, lots of serendipity can happen. 
And you know, he sits here. Uh, who was your friend you were talking to? Um, we were talking about that, that guy that says, "How does all this? How do you end up doing this stuff?" And you said, "It's because you're just open to the different opportunities and lead you down the road, right?" Right. I think that. Yeah. I think that's it. Just being being open to what that thing is, and you probably can't even see what the thing is. Dave and I were talking last night about that. Like, you know, five years from now, there's probably there's probably something that's going to happen in a year that leads me to that five years thing that I can't even imagine. But it's being open to that and being like. Not shut down like, oh, I'm on this track, and this is where I'm headed. Uh, because, <laughs> again, it's like the, I'm not a hugely religious person, but I do always love to quote, you know, tell God your plans, and he'll laugh, right? right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's never going to happen. How do you think it's Every time. Well, yeah. I, I moved here two and a half years ago, and I've been saying, Steve, when are you going to come out to Atlanta? When are you going to come out to Atlanta? And um, it was after Black Walnut basically said, we don't want you here anymore. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Um, but he called me literally that, that same day, and he told me, he said, what? I'm coming to Atlanta. I said, when? And, and I said, can you come a day early so you can come stay at the house, and then I'll bring you, I'll drive you to your event, but come to my event. You know, we're going to have a new space. We're, we figured it out. I do want to tell people, Dee, where are you? Are you in here right now? So Dee Hart was the one who got us this space. Um, I reached out, there were a whole bunch of you that reached out to me, and this is that collaborative process. I'm like, I have no idea where we're gonna go. I mean, I have all these people showing up for this meeting, and I don't want to move further in. I wanna you know, stay over here if we can so we don't break this group. And uh, Dee was the one who um, found this, and she has a relationship, and so um, we have to be very thankful to the people who are here because they're willing to work with us and they want our business and they want us here. So if you guys can, you know, make sure to share that with people and come to your meetings here and stuff. They're, they just opened up last week. This is a brand new wow. restaurant. Wow. So, yeah, it, yeah, it was a pretty cool thing, you know. So Can I, can I tag on that? Yes. I think that's an interesting thing that uh, something I learned on, the, on that journey as well is the uh, not being afraid to say what you want. And, and say it aloud, you know, that kind of thing. Like, hey, when you come to Atlanta? Well, I wouldn't have thought of, of telling you, because I always forget that you're, the, you're this close and I was gonna only be in for a day, that it might work out. So when you said that, then I was like, well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm coming in next week. There's things like that, just just saying things aloud when you think, I'm a Midwest person, I grew up in Chicago, we're, we're usually more reserved, we're not, we're not no the, the minute, the minute, in my house, the way I grew up, the minute you would tell something, someone your dream, uh, your parents would squash so, yeah. it, and they'd be like, right. "You're not going. That's not going to happen." <laughs> you know? Like in that, in the, in the best way, they'd be like, "You need to do something stable and normal, and that kind of thing. Find something that's going to pay well. Yeah. That kind of thing. Just uh, very logical people." So, but there is some magic that happens when you voice that. Just the same way you say, "Hey, we're looking for a new place." All of a sudden, someone knows someone that knows someone, and it opens up. I'll give you an example. When we were handing out those buttons at one of the film festivals, uh, that said, "I'm dying too." One person wrote, uh, one guy said he was going into work at a fast food restaurant. He just, he wasn't even interested in the film festival and we accosted him and we were like, hey, would you like, have a button, what are you dying to do? And he, he, he was just in a rush, he goes, uh, I'm dying to meet Jimmy Carter. And we're like, oh, all right, so we write Jimmy Carter. He comes out two minutes later and he goes, I just met Jimmy Carter. No. And we're like, he drags us into the place and there was a, a the, first person he helped, because he put the pin on his, his mm -hmm. uniform, the first person he helped was came up to order and went, hey, 
I'm Jimmy Carter. Isn't the guy's name? So he goes, oh, his name was James Carter. And again, so there's just an incredible coincidence. But again, just because he had put this out there in that way, so you just never know who's listening, who might have that connection between whatever you're thinking you want and the thing. And again, like I said, that's not my normal thing to throw something out there. Did but he ask you for what? <laughs> yes, exactly. I would have to win the lottery. Yeah. Gee, all right, Steve, yeah. what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew then? I'm sure there's many, but one yeah. thing that you would say to business owners? Yeah, I think I, I really think that's the, the biggest one. Whatever you want, whatever you're thinking, like again, a lot of times we have, uh, you know, every business has a mission statement or a, a business plan. But it, it's, uh, my wife ran her own business. She was inspired by what I was doing. At the same time, we had 40 grand in medical bills that we couldn't pay when this was all happening. And she came to me one day and she goes, you know, I'm thinking I'll open up my own dance and yoga studio. And I was like, well, how the hell are you gonna do that? <laughs> <laughs> we, can't, we can't afford rent here for our house. How are you gonna afford rent? And the same kind of thing. It, I had inspired her and then she ends up inspiring me back. But she puts the word out there and all of a sudden an old friend was looking at that time to invest in something, and, and uh, she ended up opening her own uh, dance studio. She just sold it last year, sold the business after uh, nine years uh, of owning it and moving on to another thing. But it's it's that kind of thing. So I've seen her and, and write up her business plan, your mission statement, and it seems to be a very relatively you know private thing. Well, this, this, is, this is my plan of where I want this to go, and that's how we think of it. But I think if you're more open with it, all of a sudden those avenues start connecting, like you know neurons in a brain. That oh this is what you want to do and someone else knows that's what you want to do, they can they can start filling in those bridges and blanks. And that that's that creative mind yeah. space, the collaborative, cooperative mind space. Competition doesn't do anything but transfer pain back and forth, back and forth. And as much as like meals and wheels, you want to empathize and go along because they've given you a saturated market that knows what that is, and you can walk right alongside that and build this wonderful business that touches all these people. If we work in the creative mind space rather than that competitive mind space, there's so much more we can do. You know, when Steve put that button, he says, Tracy, you know, because here he'd just gotten to know me. Um, his wife was sitting next to me in the audience, and, you know, he pretty much, when you go to do your stuff, you, like, don't want to be bothered. You're, like, right, back right. there. He's thinking, and, you know, because he was the main, he was the keynote speaker. And there's 450 people out there, and I'm sitting next to his wife, and I'm going, wow, how did I get here, you know? But when he had this table and he was filling out those buttons, someone had just given me a compliment who was in my same, um, and, you know, Adam, if you're listening on the podcast, <laughs> he's in the creative business as well. And he gave me this humongous compliment and brought me to tears. And so I walk up to Steve and I'm like crying. And he's going, what do you want on your buttons? <laughs> and I said, I'm dying to design a that's what I want to do for you guys. That's why I do what I do, and I am, I just got back with my husband from, oh, look at you, uh, from an international business conference, right? And uh, who were who a couple of the people that we were talking to just in the collaborative space? Because you were tapping CEO space, so tell me. Yeah, we've got uh, connections with a company in the UK. We've got this new modern technology, which is amazing. Uh, we met several other people in a variety of other businesses, but the funny thing was, because of the storm and here in Palm Harbor, because of the hurricane, they had 100 cancellations. For the, oh, this is going to be a small group. But the funny thing was, the right people that we needed to talk to stayed. 
and we met them, and we connected with them, we collaborated with them, and we've got brought in more business for ourselves, but in turn, we're able to take those businesses that we met and help them grow. Right. Because that's what we do as a collaborative business. And it feeds us to come back and feed you guys. And so I absolutely love this group, and I know that the fact that all of you guys are here, there's a lot of people I don't know in here. Um, I just kept moving everybody over now that I knew I had a little bit more space, you know, to, to let. I set a cap on it, but we, it, it's been months. We've been having, it's been full. And uh, we just couldn't do a lot of stuff over there, so I'm really happy. You know, normally what I would have done in my old mindset I would have lamented over the fact that these people didn't like us and didn't want us over there and didn't want our money. But I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna close that door and see what other door opens. So what I am hoping for Steve is that he will connect with businesses here, whether they're real estate agencies or other places, we'll have him come in so I can see him more often because we're 2,500 miles away. Um, I get to see him maybe once a year. Um, we talk all the time on social media and other things, but. Um, I would love to see him get some, you know, comedy shows and other things out here. So, you know, I'm putting it out there because I want I you love, back. I appreciate that. And yeah. I want him to bring his wife, too. So, she's <laughs> wonderful. Um, so, so, another one I just thought of, Jane, uh, this wasn't a term when I, this all started. That's one of my favorite new terms is the whole lean into it. Whatever the problem is. Right. And just like yeah. you were saying, <laughs> like the, the storm. Okay, yeah, now we're going to miss half the people. But now the people that are here... We can spend more time with because there's less people we have to compete with. Oh, I love that. Whole, yeah, we, I, I mean, love that like, that whole angle of things. Like, well, okay, here's the problem. Well, how can we use the problem to our advantage? There's always a different way. I love. So yeah, that's one of my favorite things. You know, when when he uh, was he was talking to was it the agent for uh, the guy who sets up the people? Yeah, for, the booker for, for the, yeah, yeah, the booker. So he's he's talking and he misunderstood the booker what the booker wanted. And so he went back, it was a whole year, right? Where right, he, so he had originally said, uh, okay, here's what I'm looking for. I want, I don't want you to do any characters in your jokes. Uh, I want, um, <laughs> there were five things he said. Don't he do doesn't want long stories. No, no long stories, no characters, um, no voices, <laughs> oh no this, this thing. And then, <laughs> so I had sent him like 20 tapes of different stuff that I thought he wanted based on that. And then finally I sent him one DVD and it was five minutes of what I wanted to do on the show. And then I just got lazy, and there was an extra joke after it. But I just was like, eh, he's not going to watch this far. He'll watch the first five minutes. And he ended up liking what was after the five minutes, which was everything he said he didn't want. It, <laughs> it had voices, it had characters, it was one long story, uh, and then a bunch of different jokes. And that's another thing. I, I, you I know, have a section of my tape. Right. <laughs> 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 you don't want anything? But that's another thing. I think people always, you know, you know, especially if you're in sales, there's a lot of times when you get a no or something like that. Uh, a lot of people think they know what they want, but they really don't. They say, you know, it's like if you people always ask, you know, before I got married, what type of, what's your type of woman? Like I would have said the complete opposite of my wife, but then when I met my wife. You just know. You know what I mean? There's just something. So when you see it, and I think that was the same thing. He said, I don't want this, this, and this. But then when he saw this joke, even though it had all those things, he was like, okay, this is the one. And so I think, yeah, there's a lot of times persistence ends up being the key. Like giving, giving lots of options, and then people always see it if they, if they want. How many, how many comedians actually actually were ever on Big Letterman's show? Well, they usually would, they would put uh, one or two new comedians a year. So in those five years, yeah, there was maybe nine new comedians. But yeah, I had to compete 
Again, and again, that's the, the thing of, of putting it out there. Had, I, had this not happened, or leading into it, had the diagnosis not happened, I wouldn't. Uh, I would have just waited for it to happen again. Like I would have waited for it to come to me until uh, so many years. He would have retired, and I wouldn't know because he announced his retirement about a year, and that would have been not enough time to get on the show. Mm -hmm. So, in some ways, <laughs> the cancer diagnosis was one of the best things, yeah, to happen to me. So that's amazing. Um, you know, do you guys have questions for him that maybe we haven't touched on because you know he's he. As a businessman, he's got agents for this and agents for that. I was talking to him. I'm like, do you have one agent? He's like, oh, no. You know, yeah, there's so many yeah, different avenues of agents. And then you have a website, social media presence. I'm sure it, yeah, it transfers to, to everything. And that's obviously uh, social media. It was MySpace when I started this whole thing. There was no Facebook or YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> We're old. Oh, yeah. Actually, so. you know, some of you guys um, may he, – he actually did one of the top – what was it? Kickstarter? The original Kickstarter, yeah. Kickstarter had just come out when we, so that was our thing so that we could qualify for, to show in New York and L.A. Uh, had to, to raise qualify a certain amount of money, right? Yeah, consideration. So, so investors didn't want to invest because they thought he was going to die. So <laughs> they're filming this stuff and they've got this finished movie and they have to come up with this money in order to do this. So they were one of the first early adopters of Kickstarter and Tell them what you did. I mean, the goal that you set and how you went Yeah, so we just see to show in New York and L.A., uh, we need to raise $20,000. And I had never heard. I remember the filmmaker came to me and goes, we're going to do this thing called Kickstarter. And I was like, what? What is Kickstarter? It sounds crazy. He goes, well, it's a crowdfunding thing. I was like, I don't know. What, that, what does that mean, a crowdfunding thing? Like, you're a beggar? What do you do? In <laughs> <laughs> the street with a hat? Like, crowdfunding. And so he explained it. And again, this was there at the beginning. When we did our, uh, our project, at that time, again, very early, first year of Kickstarter, we were in the top uh, 100 Kickstarter campaigns. So we, our goal was 20 grand, and in the first week we surpassed, we, uh, 60 grand we raised. And one of the, the things, again, and this is pre, you know, uh, Facebook and all that, well, yeah, Facebook was around then, but it hadn't take off to the, to the thing. We learned was, again, just like everything, storytelling ends up being so important. You know, people wanna, uh, instead of just buying a product, they want the story behind it, the things you were doing with the product, how that's going to change life. And so that was our Kickstarter. Uh, ended up sharing my story, sharing the, the filmmaker's stories. People people want to believe they're, they're, for lack of a better word, in bed with good people. You know right. what I mean? Do you remember how I always talk about you, know, you, are, your, you are your brand? Um, you know, there's brand stories and story brands, and you know, they talk about this. Um, you know, there's a, an ordinary world that we live in, and those people that can surpass a Joseph Campbell is a, uh, a fabulous Star Wars, and a George uh, Lucas actually used this model that Joseph Campbell had, and there's an ordinary world that most people live in, and then there's a special world that you go into, and it's those people that move into that special world and will get past that fear and go through those tests and do all of that to get to that part where they're like, yes, we're victorious, and they go around. Those are the people that succeed. And if you guys can push past that threshold of the ordinary and step into the bravery, doing something despite you know, his diagnosis, he could have crawled up in a corner and been gone already because he could have just said, you know what? It's too hard. I don't want to do this. This is too scary. But he didn't. He pushed through that threshold and I challenge you guys to push through that threshold too. You know, there are so many people out there that desire and require what you have. Mm -hmm. And even if people don't see it right away, they will see it. 
if you just keep being persistent. Right? Yeah. Yeah? You have anything you want to say, Dave? Uh, I think it's been great having Steve here because he brings great energy, as you, as you all seen in the room, right? Yeah. And that's because he went through his own personal fear and said, screw it, I'm just going to do this. Right? Being brave doesn't mean you're not fearful. Being brave means you have a little bit of courage to take that next step. And if we all walk one step at a time, we can get to the top of the mountain. Don't think that, that I've got to get to Letterman. No, it's who have I got to make a phone call to? Right, right. Who have I got to talk to? Who can I connect with to get me on my journey? Because we're all on these journeys. And we all have these aspirations of the greatness. But what is it can I do today or do this week in my business to move one step closer? We all got business cards today, right? We all took a handful of business cards. Now, realistically, how many of you are going to take that whole stack of cards and just touch base with those people? Touch base with those people. Not necessarily do business, but just to make a connection. Hi, I met you at Business Over Coffee this morning. It was great to meet you, and I have your card. That's it. Don't pitch yourself unless there's something very specific you're looking for, but just make that connection because you know what? Maybe that person knows somebody I, I will say in his movie. So, who were some of the, the famous, uh, more famous comedians yes, that you were yes. at the time that uh, you actually other comedians with? in the movie? So, even if you haven't enjoyed me today, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on Amazon Prime again, free if you have Amazon Prime. Uh, so, Ray Romano, uh, Kevin Elan, Brian Jeff, Regan, Gaffigan, uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, I'm missing some, but all a bunch of famous comedians who had already done Letterman agreed to talk to me on the journey. Uh, about getting there, so yeah. Kevin Young was funny. funny. Super was, funny, very funny. He, he interviews, Steve interviews him, and he's like, yep, go get him, and he closes the door, and he goes, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just amazing the people that we meet in our travels, yeah. and I'm sure people, um, you'll look back, and you guys will go, wow, how did I get here? But, you know, I wanted to bring him here. He was my inspiration to why I do it. And now you guys know my heart. <laughs> so that's great. So, do you, yep, Jane. I think there's a, we've got a lot of new people in the room today, mm -hmm. and I think it would be helpful. One of, one of the things that I appreciate about you, Tracy, in this, this gathering, it's different every month. Mm -hmm. And it brings inspiration in different ways. So maybe the new ones would find it helpful about some other, couple of other formats. Yeah, so, so, um, I, I don't like people falling asleep in their seats. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of groups around that are wonderful and fit, you know, the, the needs of the uh, many. But um, I, I will sometimes let people go around and we'll talk about issues, like I'll pass a hat and I'll have questions and inspire and we engage and collaborate between how do we get past this or what, what have you done in the past? We've done speed networking where we, we actually, it's like speed dating only for business. Um, <laughs> we've had, um, Dave, what are some of the other things that I've done? Um, we have a coach's corner. So Wendy, next time is gonna be speaking. She's a fabulous medical massage person and um, she knows how to get rid of pain. And so she's gonna be talking and she volunteered um, you know, to, to do that. And when I'm like, you know what? I wanna hear from some of the people. Um, we, we go ahead and do that because we want to learn about each other. Um, what other th and that was Connie's idea. She actually had that idea. She's wonderful. Um, what are the, some of the other ones that I've done? Because I've done so many. Well, one of the things I'd like to point out was this meeting is different because you go to a lot of these uh, uh, mingling events where everybody's sitting around talking, nothing ever gets done. And 
what I really appreciate with my wife Tracy is the structure in which we work. Because we all have stuff we've got to get done. But from 10 to 11, we know we can sit in this environment and learn a little bit from everybody. And afterward, we do have the opportunity to communicate and talk to each other. But we do have lives, we have things going on. And you'll find in this group, you'll make a lot more connections and they will grow out from this format. Right. Absolutely. And also, if I may, one yeah. of the things that I've learned and take away, because there's time to spend in the business and out of the business, and I was reticent uh, because my channel, I normally get the business through lobbyists, mm -hmm. so I went to uh, this. It allowed me to perfect my pitch, too. Yeah. Because uh, you know, what I do is a commodity. Where, where I do it is a commodity. Who I do it with, that's the difference. And so if I say, I do this, ditto, then you're just like everybody else. And there's, a, and there's a confidence level, too. Um, you know, a lot of times I find that brand new business owners will come in with experienced business owners, and they'll, they're nervous about what they're doing. They're like, well, we're trying, or we're struggling, or this is hard, it's really difficult. And we don't use those words. Um, we use prosperity words. So we require certain things. You know, we're outdoing and yeah. being and having. And just those little changes, I've seen people's demeanor change within a heartbeat um, because all of a sudden they're like yeah okay but you know the fact that we do this and then we go out we have ripple effects okay steve came to this tedx event after all this stuff and he had ripple effects that happened that touched a whole bunch of people well from that one ripple that hit me it rippled out in multitudes and i've been able to touch you know over 400 people who have come to this meetup and I make sure that it's from 10 to 11, we're done. You know, you guys all pitch in for your food and do that so we can have a space. We all just kind of do it. And then we go on our merry way. And I can't tell you the friendships, you know, uh, Faye, I mean, Kathy, okay. Faye. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, the stories that I hear of why people start their businesses, and it inspires me to continue doing what I'm doing. Even when I'm at home and going, oh my God, this is the worst client ever, and I'm dying in the corner going, ah, you know, my kids want me, and I'm doing this, because Dave and I are both, you know, we, we do the same thing. We're graphic designers, we're web designers, we work from home, we homeschool our kids. People say we're nuts, but we have a passion. They are nuts. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can be true. It can both be true. <laughs> just obviously the inspiration and the problem solving. I think there's some always been some value, and this is in me in the movie talking to Jim Gaffigan, Kevin Nealon, uh, you know, Ray Romano. Uh, you see successful people sometimes, and you think, well, they're just, they're special. They, they, Ray Romano was funny the first time he hit the stage, and of course he was <laughs> going to do Letterman, and then you talk to the person, and they're like, oh, God, no, it was this, you know, 12 year struggle. He told me a great story about being on a cruise ship. This is very, uh, uh, he, he's on a cruise ship, he works the cruise ship, he does awful, and now he's gonna spend seven days with these people that he just bombed. <laughs> and he walks out and he said, he seriously, he goes, look, I'm not a suicidal person, but he's like, I was standing at the railing looking at the water, <laughs> thinking how much better that looked than staying on board with these people for seven days. And a couple walked out under the deck and they saw him and they were like, Ugh. And like they turned around, they turned around and he heard the wife say to the guy, you can't be really a professional comedian, right? Oh. And a, within a year, he had his own show and ended up being the highest paid actor wow. 
on, uh, on TV at that point. I mean, it's just, it just so, I think there's some, there's some value sometimes in the, for lack of a better word, commiserating, or just knowing that everyone has going, is going through those same struggles you are, those same rough spots that you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna get over this hump. And then you talk to other people and you're like, oh, they have the same humps too. And, and uh, you know, it makes you feel better. It's a, a, a shared, yeah. That, that's a great, that's a yeah. great point. Um, so we are coming to the end um, here. We've got about five minutes. Tell them uh, the name of the group, that, that website. Uh, yes, if any of you are interested in the cancer group, uh, the link tonight, uh, it's, it's called uh, uh, Late Net, N-E-T, that's the neuroendocrine tumors, but latenettalk.com. So if you go to that, that's where you can you register. It's free. There's going to be food and drinks there. Uh, it's a great company, uh, and uh, you meet a lot of nice people and uh, hear some inspiring stories. And like I said, it's free. You just got to go there and, and register. LateNetTalk.com. And it's from and 7 it's to the, 9? Yeah, 7 to 9. It's at the Westin in Buffalo. That's right. Which is, do we agree that was ITP? Yeah, ITP. It's ITP. Okay. Yeah. ITP. I'm new to the lab. I got to figure out what's up there. I thought he might be able to build it into a joke because we'll I just see. thought it was hilarious. And the other thing that I learned here was that everything off the 400 was, well, where's the meeting? Oh, it's off exit six. It's off exit six. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I thought he could build that in, you know, because people Is this laugh. exit 11? Yeah, <laughs> this is exit 11. Tell people I was here? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Off exit 11. That counts. Everybody's like, that's a pound. Okay, so where's the Thanks so much for joining us today, and I hope that this encourages your businesses to move forward and onward and upward. We will uh, talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.